Well, good morning and happy Tuesday. Welcome to the Hometown Hour Radio Show with Megan Suber and Mayor Miles Atkins from the town of Mooresville. Welcome, Mayor. Megan, good morning to you. It's great to be back. I'm sorry I missed uh, last week, but I am glad to be back in the seat again with you and and our special guest. I can't wait to hear all the good stuff she is going to be sharing with our uh, audience. Absolutely. We did miss you last week, but we had a really good show with Stormwater talking about, um, you know, what happens with all the rain that comes down and why it's important, why, why we should worry about that. And it's exceptionally important when you have a tornado. After that roll storm last Monday, that was something. Else. Well, that was something. So huge shout out to all of our public operations staff who helped clean up um, all of the damage from that. The stormwater staff who helped make sure that the the gutters and everything were running smoothly, and um, also our public safety staff who responded to, I believe, over 80 calls, the fire department said, from 5 p.m. on Monday to after midnight. There was quite a few different calls um, going on, and our police department, that we got several images sent to us from community members of um, officers and command staff out there just pulling trees off the road and making sure that traffic was flowing as smoothly as it possibly could in a F1 tornado <laughs> area. Something else, but uh, just ask our listeners to be patient. That uh, town staff is going to be working on picking up the remaining brush that's still on, on the curbs uh, throughout town. There's There was a tremendous amount of uh, debris, and so ask that everybody just be patient, that the town will get there as soon as they can. Uh, and, um, yeah. and, and, hey, that's a good point. If you want to know... How the town operates and how it cleans up after F1 tornadoes or how it operates day to day. We have a Citizens Academy coming up. Yeah, we ought to talk about that. We absolutely are. Um, the Citizens Academy is starting on September 6th of this year. It is eight consecutive Wednesdays for three hours a night, and you get a really in depth look at everything the town does, whether it is our public operations crews, whether it's the fire department, the police department, parks and recreation, planning and community development. Community development. Clearly, I need a little bit more coffee this morning. <laughs> um, all of those things you get a very in-depth look at and understand how the town serves its residents. Um, a lot of people will ask us all the time, oh, why can't you widen 150? Why can't you do this, that, and the other? Why can't we build a mega mart on this land? Or why are we building so many mega marts and um, all different kinds of stuff on this land? Because there are rules and regulations and the way things operate are very different from what you may think if you are not aware of how local government works. So this is your opportunity to learn how local government works. If you live within the town of Mooresville corporate limits, um, go online to mooresvillenc.gov slash Citizens Academy. We have the application up there. We have additional information about the program. Fill it out. Totally free. Just have to be a town resident. And we would like you to commit to all eight weeks if possible. And we'll be happy to have you. You know, you're not going to believe this, but I actually took the Citizens Academy 18 years ago. Did you? I really did. That would be so interesting to see how it's changed since then. I know you know the day-to-day, but to go through and do like a double blind, how has the Citizens Academy changed? Yeah, I'll tell you what. And everyone that's ever taken the Citizens Academy over all, all these years, they always come out being such great ambassadors for the town because they've learned so much. And then they can share it with their neighbors 
Absolutely. Um, about how the town works, and they don't have to call their elected officials anymore because they can just call the department heads because they've gotten to meet every department head uh, throughout the town. Absolutely, and build those relationships and gain a better understanding. And you may not be happy with all the answers you receive, but at least you understand better, and that makes a world of difference. So again, this is totally free academy. As long as you live within town corporate limits, and you can find out more information at mooresvillenc.gov slash Citizens Academy. We're excited to have you. Yeah, for sure. Well, Mayor, what's one good thing that happened since last week? So get this. I got to be the celebrity guest judge for the Mooresville Arts 150 Challenge. Ooh, so, tell me more. So they had 29 artists um, interpret what the Mooresville sesquicentennial was all about. Sesquicentennial. Sesquicentennial. Uh, and what their vision was for, for that. And there was 29 artists and submissions. So I got to um, pick the best of show, which I did. And uh, we had the uh, reception and announcement uh, this past Friday, Friday night. And the exhibit will be up um the entire month of August, and I really hope people will go out and check it out. If they don't know where Mooresville Arts is, it's where the um, train depot is on Center and Main in downtown Mooresville. Beautiful little facility. It really Love it. is. Can you um, tell us who won? Yes. The artist, uh, actually, um, they pushed it out on Facebook last night, and her name is Janet, I believe, and she painted... It was called um, Sesquicentennial Illumination. Oh, that and is a tongue twister. It is. And what it was, or what it is, it's um, it's fireworks mm-hmm. over Lake Norman. Um, and it's exactly how we kicked off our first of seven signature events was the uh, fireworks spectacular um, this past um uh, Past December, early yeah. January. And I can absolutely attest that you could see those over Lake Norman because I was actually at my house watching them and could see them across the lake. You know, I heard actually that there was calls throughout uh, the Lake Norman area about people concerned about because they didn't know what was going on. <laughs> <laughs> Very interesting. So, but well, yeah, that was the winner. And uh, But there were some really good pieces. Uh, there's some mixed media. Just I really would encourage anyone to go and just see how these artists interpreted the 150. And, and we hope to preserve that collection uh, for, for many years to come. Hopefully we can store it on, you know, um, either create a brochure for it or digitally save it as part of our scrapbook for all the uh, events that we are capturing and uh, want to keep uh, as a keepsake uh, for years to come. Absolutely. And preserve that history for the 200th and 300th, whatever those That's fancy right. words are. <laughs> have no idea. <laughs> so, How about so for you? One good thing. Oh, gosh, we've had a bunch of good things, but two um, actually good things that happened within the past week or so. We've had two of our officers recognized for their achievements. Um, Officer Latasha Watts, who oh, is yeah. our recruiting officer, and Officer SRO, actually, Silva, were recently awarded, and I apologize, I've got to read this off because it's a long one. They were awarded the Advanced Law Enforcement Certificate from the North Carolina Criminal Justice Education and Training Standards Commission. That is a mouthful. Very but impressive. It is the highest award for a law enforcement officer, and it recognizes a combination of formal education, law enforcement training, and experience as a sworn LEO. Wow. 
So really pleased. Um, the best of the best in Mooresville. Absolutely. Pleased to have them on the team. Um, I know it was several other officers with MPD have also received this certification. So really it is the best of the best serving our community. Absolutely. So also that happened this week, start of school. Everyone in Mooresville is back to school at this point because we had Iredell State's full start yesterday and Lane Tree Charter and I believe Liberty Prep started either yesterday or today. So all of our students in Mooresville are back in school. Back in school, lots of uh, cars on the road. School traffic, maybe lots, a little bit. Lots of cars on the road, lots of school traffic. You know, we have to drive it as well. We Watch understand. Watch the buses, right? We talked Watch about that. Watch the buses, and I was just getting ready to hit that up again because, if you don't know, there's a five hundred dollar penalty for drivers caught passing a stopped school bus and five points on your license. That's a significant amount. That's going to take some court fees to go away. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so basically the only time you can stop a school bus, if there's four or more lanes with a center turning lane or median in the middle, every time else, make sure you stop for the bus, make sure you keep our kids safe and make sure you keep our community safe. Well, coming up, we have a very special guest, a very special guest, Becca Blyke from Community Development is here with us today. And we're excited to ask you some questions here in just a little bit, Becca. Excited to be here, thanks. Welcome back to the Hometown Hour where you get all your Mooresville news and information. We have a special guest in the studio today. We sure do, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. That is the voice of Becca Vlyke, our community development planner with the town of Mooresville. And Becca, that is a big term and a broad term. Yes. Tell us more about what that means. About community, what a community development planner does? Yes. Or, or community development in general. Well, let's start with you, the planner. With me, the planner. Okay, great. So I, <laughs> it's a big umbrella of things. Basically, I handle all of the affordable housing initiatives that the town undertakes. So, and before we we go further, let's clarify affordable housing. Oh boy. Okay. Because I know that a lot of people myself included when you initially hear that term, you think several years ago what affordable housing was sure. and those stereotypes. But that's not what affordable housing is today. No. And I think another term that has been thrown around that's not entirely as synonymous because everyone knows affordable housing Attainable housing. Yes. Is that a fair housing, statement? Workforce housing. Those are also kind of synonymous names that we've thrown around to make it a little bit more palatable for people, if you will. Um, but really what affordable means is, especially for, specifically for Mooresville, is the people who work in Mooresville can afford to live in Mooresville. So our firefighters, our teachers, our police officers, nurses, um, restaurant workers, all of that good stuff right now are having a really hard time being able to afford to live in Mooresville because land prices and home prices are so high. And so providing housing for people to be able to live where they work, essentially. Absolutely. And that's so important because you want people to live where they work. You want exactly. them to be invested in their community and not just coming in from another town or area mm -hmm. and then going home at five o'clock or whenever their shift, whatever that may be, ends. You want the uh, school children to see their teacher out in the, the community, in the grocery stores, and have exactly. that reaction of, oh, Miss So-and-so, 
Mm-hmm. What are you doing here? Yeah. Anyone who's ever had kids and seen their teacher in the grocery store knows exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, the, yeah. Oh my gosh, they have <gasps> lives outside of school. This is this is what? okay. Yes. But but we want that. Mm-hmm. So affordable housing. How do we bring that to Mooresville? How do we make that a reality? That is a very big question. And so I'll start with what we're currently doing. Sure. Uh, we are currently very fortunate to be receiving a significant amount of funding through the federal government. Uh, We recently became an entitlement community for CDBG, or the Community Development Block Grant. We are also annual recipients of what's called home funds. And basically all of what that means is that the federal government gives us an annual allocation. It totals about $300,000 or so a year to invest in housing. And then on top of that, we are extremely fortunate that we have commissioners and a mayor that are very supportive of affordable housing. And so they have also invested general fund dollars in helping us uh, to build affordable housing. So the town obviously is not uh, experts in building houses by any means. But what we can do is support our community partners who are out there doing the good work. So we invest with into Habitat for Humanity and the houses that they build. Um, Recently, one good thing uh, in the past week, actually, is that we got a contract signed with Community Foundations, which is an affordable housing organization in Mooresville. We are giving them $25,000 to do essential renovations on a home that they have purchased and will be able to sell to a disabled veteran, a low to moderate income disabled veteran. Awesome. So that's very exciting. We are... What What are those essential renovations What would those kind of entail? So the house is in wonderful condition. And Mm -hmm. actually, Community Foundations built it originally Mm -hmm. in 2006. But, you know, we're coming on 20 years. So the roof needed to be redone and some cracks in the windows. The AC needs to be updated, stuff like that. And so now, because we invested in the repairs in the home, Community Foundations can now sell it at a price point that is affordable for someone. And it's actually a very unique home because it has a track system all through the house, um, oh. the previous owners had a disabled child. And so now they're specifically trying to sell it to a disabled veteran or someone that can utilize that track system. So we're very excited to be able to provide housing for, for someone in the community. Becca, you mentioned land, uh, the yes. expense of land. And so yes. how, how important is it that uh, when the town is able to identify some property uh, and with the partners to be able to actually look at um, building attainable housing? And, you know, what is zoning? A lot of times you have zoning issues and mm-hmm. um, people don't necessarily maybe, you know, the NIMBY's not in my backyard. Yes. Uh, we don't want this. So uh, can you talk a little bit about the challenges that you have in terms of finding affordable property? Oh, absolutely. And about the process that goes through from politically, what that means? Sure, absolutely. So finding vacant land is almost impossible in Mooresville, let's be honest. And what's available is e- extremely high. So I'll give a, a, a very telling example. Uh, community foundations that we were talking about purchased one half acre of land in Mooresville for $130,000. But just a half, half acre. acre. Yep, a vacant half acre, $130,000, bought two lots in Troutman for $35,000 apiece. Wow. Yeah. So for they bought two for half the price of what one lot is here in Mooresville. So it's very important that when the town can attain land, it's very important because the way state law is written, we can't just give people, we can't, if a private developer wants to develop affordable housing, we can't give them any sort of financial support for that. 
But what we can do is we can say, hey, we've got this plot of land that will sell to you at market rate or reduced or, or if a nonprofit will give it to you for free and we can help take that burden off and encourage affordable housing to be developed, which is very important. The, the NIMBYism is a big is a big struggle um, and something that I'm really trying to work on, which is why I appreciate being asked to come here today and, and any opportunity I get to talk about affordable housing is what does that really mean? So a lot of times people think about uh, public housing, like the projects and things like that when they hear affordable housing. Absolutely. HUD doesn't even allow that to happen anymore. Public housing does not exist anymore. What we're talking about is building solid homes, whether it be townhomes, single-family homes, even apartments, that people, hardworking people, our hometown heroes, if you will, mm -hmm. the people living and working in our community can afford to live there and live in decent, safe housing. That's what affordable housing is. So it is huge and vital for us to be able to get land so that we can help support people who want to develop affordable housing. Because, you know, a nonprofit just dropped $130,000 on a half acre of land. It makes it harder for them to sell it. With, with no structure Exactly. On it makes it significantly harder for them to build some sort of affordable housing because, they, you know, they, they had to drop a lot of money. Absolutely. And I know that some people may argue, well, why don't you just pay these individuals more? Why don't you pay a living wage so that they can afford the housing that exists? That's a whole nother argument. Yes. That is something that one entity can't fix. Yes. In any respect. And but if I could yeah. make a point there. Um, so when we're dealing with federal dollars, the federal government has a certain, has a maximum that people can make to where they will not support them anymore. And so absolutely 1,000% underemployment is a huge issue and it's, you know, very much a cause for a lot of these issues. No one's debating that. But there are certain, a significant issue that we have in Mooresville is that you have people that make more than that threshold that still can't afford to live here. So it's not necessarily about, you know, well, why don't you just pay them more? It's you know, and, that, and that's a solid point, not just in Mooresville, but all over. Yes. Um, I know that there was um, one individual that I worked with in multiple different places and very educated, um, had a good job working in um, different aspects of education and um, became a single parent and was just $500 over the threshold for receiving yes. benefits. Exactly. With her very good job, very well-educated salary. 1,000%. And people in the community development affordable housing arena are petitioning to HUD to potentially increase these limits so that we can provide assistance for more individuals. Absolutely. Because we live in a very fortunate and very um, beautiful area. And with that comes a lot of cost. Yes. And um, because it is a destination area. And so we do have those very expensive houses and that very expensive real estate. And that should not mean that the individuals who are serving our community can't live in exactly. the same area that they serve. Exactly. So coming up, we'll talk a little bit more about, um, about affordable housing, about what you do, but also some different aspects of your job. But we want to encourage our listeners. Um, thank you for listening. And if you want to call in and ask any questions, you are absolutely welcome to do that. The number is 844-STUDIO-4. Happy to take your questions and 
Anything else you want to say to thank the listeners, Mayor? No, I just want to thank uh, Becca because she really is uh, does a lot of work in that space, and it's it's complicated, and a lot of people just don't understand. You know that why don't we don't have affordable you housing? You know, I don't understand. I learn something every time I talk with Becca about this. So this is great. Thank you so much for being here with us today, Becca. And we're going to chat some more. Sounds great. Thank you. Good morning to everyone who's just joining us. You are back with the Hometown Hour, all about Mooresville, what's going on, and the information about the town. We have a special guest today with us, Becca Black, our community development planner, and we've been talking about affordable housing, which, to recap, or if you're just joining us, is not the affordable housing of the past. This is not public housing. This is housing that is affordable for our public servants and the frontline workers and the retail workers that live in our communities so that those that serve our community can also live in the same place that that they serve. Exactly. So we were going to talk a little bit more about um, maybe the CDE CDBG grant. (laughs) Clearly still haven't had enough coffee to speak correctly. Everyone messes it up, so... (laughs) Um, So what does this entail? I know you mentioned that we're a CDBG community. Yes. So this, with the 2020 census, we became a CDBG, CDBG entitlement community. So the guidelines that HUD puts out to be entitled, you have to have a minimum of 50,000 citizens. And Mm -hmm. so with the 2020 census, we hit 52,000 and change. So what that means is essentially we now annually get an allocation from HUD from this funding pot. If you don't meet the threshold, you can apply for annual grants for the CDBG fund, Um, but Mooresville historically has not been successful when just applying randomly. So we are now an entitlement community, which is very exciting. And so for this first year, we have gotten $222,398 to be specific. And what we're going to be doing with that is supporting the Feed NC Workforce Development um, Program, which mm-hmm. provides training for culinary, people interested in going into the culinary field, and then sure. also in the warehouse field. And then we are going to be supporting United Way of Iredell County, and they are creating a basically home repair fund. It's called the Mooresville, Mooresville Housing Repair Fund, and they're going to be doing more like accessibility Type housing repairs, emergency repairs, urgent repairs, things sure. like that. So Not this like, isn't just, I, I want a new back deck. No, this is like... I need a new yes. ramp yes. to enter my house because someone I live with has a disability exactly. or needs that functionality. Exactly. Yes. We're very excited. I think it's going to be a really great program. And it's going to be a really great funding source for the town. We're going to be able to do a lot of good stuff. Absolutely. And help out um, members of the community that may be not able to handle these type of upfits on their own or, or living with challenges. And I know you mentioned earlier, help out veterans. Yes. Um, you gave a very specific uh, example of that, but I know that um, you've mentioned just in our conversations how a lot of uh, veterans could be assisted from this fund. So that's very exciting to get oh, back to our community, the most patriotic town in America. Yes, we are. Can. That's right. And the exciting thing about CDBG really is that it can be used for a number of things. So it could help us with infrastructure. It could help us with uh, updating 
you know, certain facilities. I mean, it, it could be a whole number of uses that could be really valuable to the town. Now, you said the word infrastructure. Can I ask, can we use CDBG funds to widen Highway 150? Absolutely not. Okay, thank Absolutely you. Thank not. you for clarifying that for me. We cannot fund NCDOT with CDBG funds. Very good to know. Yes. Okay. Well, there's another um, whole aspect of what you do. You do quite a few things. <laughs> yeah. Very broad uh, job description, but there's a whole other aspect of what you do in the code compliance world. Yes, ma'am. Talk to me about that because that can be very controversial as well, just like widening Highway 150. Yes, absolutely. I do all the fun stuff. Well, I should say my team does all the fun stuff. I don't, I don't, I have to give them all the credit. But with code compliance, we enforce the zoning ordinance and then what's called a portion of the town's general code of ordinances, which is like 20 something chapters and it lays out basically all the laws of the land, if you will, down to this is when we were chartered to, you know, this is how you need to keep your land. General like, nuisances. Yes. So we handle the nuisance part of things. So tall grass, um, debris on your property, junk vehicles, things of that nature. And then we also enforce the minimum housing code, which essentially is that people who are renting have particular rights, and there are min there's a minimum standard that their living needs to that the landlord needs to provide. So, so we're not having any slumlords. Exactly. So they have to have air conditioning and they have to have running water and, you know, windows that can come up on their own and all that good Life stuff. safety things. Yes, life safety stuff. Absolutely. Very interesting. Well, I'm sure that that is, an, is a huge asset to our community, but I'm sure that receives some negative press when you're the one that, that gets some something called on you. But Mayor, I know um, at some of our recent board meetings, we were talking about updates to the nuisance ordinances. We do have some updates that I think are going to be really helpful to Becca and her team in terms of um, enforcing uh, and that putting some teeth to some of these regulations now. Absolutely. So that's that's really important. It's a nuisance abatement. We have properties particularly that are constantly, um, you're going after them and they're not making the changes. They're not upfitting and taking care of the property and whatever it might be. And uh now I think there's some teeth to these regulations that will really enable the town to put a lien on their property if needed. And uh, the town really tries to work with the residents as best they can. So let's Absolutely. be clear about that. But there um, comes a point in time where it really impacts the, the health and safety of the neighborhood mm -hmm. and the quality of the neighborhood and the, and, the, and, the, and the neighbors around. And so we have to be able to step in when we need to to, to enforce um, and, compliance. And those fines that could be levied for any type of issue. Those aren't making the town a huge amount of money. Am I correct? No. Those are not paying to widen Highway 150. No, that's correct. <laughs> no, they're absolutely not. No. Those are those are in place to encourage people right. to correct the issue and come into compliance to mm -hmm. use the the um, term of the department. Absolutely. Fines are a last worst case scenario. That's the last thing we want to do. The first thing is having a conversation? Yes. Having a conversation, I mean, we're happy to work with people. If you work with us, we'll work with you is kind of what we always say. Absolutely. And I'm sure there are quite a few people that your staff may encounter that, hey, maybe they didn't know. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we can't necessarily say the grass ordinance because a lot that's pretty commonly known, but maybe they didn't know that they couldn't keep the car that has no wheels on it out on their property. Yeah. Maybe they didn't know some XYZ. So having that conversation, the education piece of it, 
would you say that's pretty successful a lot of times? Oh, absolutely. And another reason why I'm grateful to be here today, because we're talking a lot about how do we get it out to the community, what these regulations are, because we get that all the time that I had no idea that I can't have, you know, whatever on my property or, you know, even down to things like signage. If you run a business on your home, in your home, well, what does that look like? You know, things like that. And so I'm grateful for the opportunity to come talk about that too and would love to talk more about it as well if you ever have any open slots um, for the Absolutely. show. Yeah, it's 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 so important. So if people do have questions, what's the best way for them to um, to reach out? Is that looking, looking that up on the website or calling your department, calling you directly or calling someone on your staff? Just go ahead and call me and I will pass it on to, you know, the correct person, whether if you have a specific complaint, I'll pass it on to the appropriate code compliance officer. We have two who do a wonderful job and they have two specific boundaries. And I'm also just happy to answer any questions that anyone may have. Yeah. And have a conversation, have a chat about code compliance and have a chat about affordable housing. My number's (laughs) online. Give me a call. Awesome. Anything else um, that you'd like to share about community planning? Oh, goodness. So a lot of good stuff is happening. We're excited to be here. The town is doing a lot of really great stuff for affordable housing and community development. Some stuff I can't talk about yet, but I'm looking forward to potentially coming back and and having some more good things to talk about. Absolutely. Well, hey, I know that you just moved into some new digs, right? Yes. Can you talk about, we got just a few seconds before we go to a commercial break. Yes, we're now in the One Mooresville Center, which is the old PD, and it is now a one-stop shop for any sort of land development that you need building standards, fire marshal, planning, zoning, we're all there. And that's a great lead in. I know that we have a upcoming um, open house for that on the 23rd. So if the community is interested to come check it out, see the one-stop shop, come to 750 West Iredale Avenue in Mooresville and see the one Mooresville. You can bring your code compliance questions. (laughs) Becca will be happy to answer them. August 23rd. Thanks so much. Well, man. We've almost made it through another show. Another show. What a great guest. Amazing. We had a great guest, and thank you to all the listeners who joined us. Or if you're watching this later, thanks for tuning in. Um, This is the last segment of our hometown hour for Tuesday, August 15th. I actually had to check the date. Yeah. This is where we are. We're already in the middle of August. Time's flying, and it's hot. It's completely (laughs) Far too hot, which is a great reminder for all of our pet owners out there. Make sure that you're taking care of your pet's paws as you're walking around. I know it's hot for all of us humans with the the air temperature, but pavement can get much hotter than what the air temperature is. Um, There can be all types of injuries and burns with your little four-legged pals. So just be cognizant of that. Be careful and seek veterinary help if you need to. Make sure they get lots of water. Stay hydrated. Absolutely. Hey, um, so, you know, Mooresville, in addition to being the most patriotic town in America, mm-hmm. we also are home to the largest skate park in the Southeast. That's bananas. That's that's for real, though. It's a skate park for designed by skaters for skaters. And we got some big news coming up about that skate park. Tell me. No, you tell me. Well, this weekend, <laughs> on August 19th, we have uh, Thrasher Magazine, which I cannot attest to knowing 
but much it's about a big anything deal. about Thrasher Magazine, but the, it is a huge publication in the skating community. Um, they are holding um, an expo at the Mooresville Skate Park. At the Mooresville Skate Park. And I understand yeah. that they hold these all across the country, and they chose the Mooresville Skate Park as one of the places for them to hold a demo this year. So how exciting is that? Little old Mooresville. With the big old skate park. With the big old skate park. <laughs> well, it's not so little old Mooresville anymore. Uh, she's true. 2000 and change. Absolutely. So, yeah, we're very excited to welcome Thrasher Magazine for the New Balance um, pound number demo um, at the Mooresville Skate Park this Saturday, the 19th at noon. And all different kinds of uh, skater names. I'm going to read these out. Let me know if you if you know any of these, Mayor. Uh, Jamie Foy, Brandon Westgate, um, Samara Brevard. Jack Curtin, Justin Henry, Brian Reed, Andrew Reynolds, Frankie Villani. That name sounds familiar for some reason. Uh, Chris Colburn, uh, Jake Hayes, and Trey Williams will all be there putting on demos and just a great weekend for the community. Big names I in the skating world. I think he recognizes some names. He perked up. I, I yeah. think Bill knows some up. of these. That'll be an awesome uh, demo. And so, uh, Megan, why don't you tell our listeners where that park is located? Absolutely. It is right by the One Morseville Center, which that address is 750 West Iredale Avenue. Um, I'm sure there'll be plenty of people parking in that parking lot on Saturday because um, we're expecting a very big crowd. So, we welcome everybody who's coming into town for that, and we hope you have a, a great event. Hope it's not too hot. Stay hydrated. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun. That is a perk of working at the One Mooresville Center, by the way, is being able to, like, look at the skate park. It's actually really fun to, oh, like, sure. see all the people, like, having fun. And then, you know, you watch people fall. It's kind of funny. So <laughs> You get to see the tricks, and then you yeah. get to see the wipeouts. Yeah, it's pretty fun. Awesome. Well, we also have a lot coming up. Um, next weekend is National Dog Day. Did you know that? Who knew? I had no idea. I, well, I did. I did. I'm not a dog <laughs> owner, but I'm a dog lover. Oh, I am, and I'm going to bring my dog. I'm very excited. So National Dog Day, August 26th from um, 9 to 11 at Cornelius Road Park. Invite everybody um, with well-socialized dogs to come out, hang out, walk the trails, and also enjoy demo from our MPD canine unit. Will our dog mayor be there? I believe so. Mayor Elmer. Mayor Elmer. Uh, that is one of my favorite facts about Mooresville, by the way, that we have a dog mayor. I love it so much. <laughs> Absolutely. And I bet that Mayor Buttercup, if she's in town, she may show up. Former Mayor Buttercup as well, yeah. because um, they love coming out and supporting the community, even though her term has ended. Her term has ended. She loves um, being present for everything. And if um, anybody is interested, I know we had um, someone on social media last week that was asking questions about our canine um, teams. Didn't really understand or know what all that they did. And so I said, hey, come out to one of our demos and you can see. This is an opportunity to see it. It will also be um, at Sheldon's Canine Fall Fest um, later in this year. But it's great to see what all they do, whether that's the detection work, whether that is the apprehension, also known as the bite work, whether that's the obedience, whether that's the fun little dance that Canine Cato does. Um, all of those things, you can see them, and it's so rare to get to see them all together yep. in one setting. So definitely come out. That's a free event, again, at Cornelius Road Park on the 26th, next Saturday, 9 to 11 a.m. And we also have B3 coming up. I am super excited about that. And the, we can talk about the headliner. We can finally headliner. talk about it. Bands, brews, and barbecue in a headliner band that I just am excited to hear about. 
Absolutely. And that's on uh, September 16th, 4 to 9 p.m. And do you want to tell us who the headliner is? No, I know him, but I don't know if you do. Lover Boy. You know, turn me loose. Do you remember Lover Boy? See, I'm looking at you guys, and you're like, I've no, heard of Lover Boy. I, tr- have, no I have, clue but yeah, who Lover Boy is. It would not say it would crack my top 40 playlist. However, I'm gonna look them up now in preparation absolutely. for September 16th. Absolutely, and I will probably be like, oh, I knew that song. Yeah, I didn't absolutely. Know but as we have covered in many, many, many times in my conversations with people, I am not the person to play name that song or name that movie or even <laughs> name that restaurant with well they're a Canadian band back in the day back in the 80s so and they were great we are excited to welcome them into town along with all the barbecue and the brew mm-hmm. vendors we're going to have some um, games and activity for people of all ages whether or not you're old enough to enjoy the brews or not or uh, should choose to we it's going to be a free event the food trucks, if the food trucks are there, they are not free, just for point of clarity, but the shows are free, the activities are free, and um, that's downtown in Liberty Park area. And then hot on its heels, we've got the Mooresville Motorsports Festival on October 3rd. Yes, we do. And if you haven't been to that, that's going to be a really big event. And we're going to have, uh, working with uh, North Carolina Racing Hall of Fame is going to be doing an, their two inductees mm-hmm. this year. Um uh, Etel Ford and Roger Penske. And see, I the same way with Loverboy. I know those names. Oh my goodness. Big names in motorsports. I'm the same as Megan. We'll get you some better co-host well, for you know, next we, year. We, uh, we are Race City USA as well. We are. So we I think we might well, be fired, so. Megan. I think we just got fired. Yeah, I think I think okay. we're fired. And so after that, it's it's a whole fall of events going on in Mooresville. After that, we have the NC Music Hall of Fame Oh, induction. wait. Before we do that, did oh. you know that we're sister cities with Ockenheim, Germany? I did. Did you know that? I did know that. Yes. Yeah. So we have a, a delegation from Ockenheim, Germany that will be in town for the, uh, I think they're going to be in town for the motorsports um, uh, festival. And so we're going to show Excellent. them all around, and uh, we're excited to have them. That's cool. But I went over to Ockenheim, Germany, two years ago for their anniversary, because, you know, we're doing our 150. Mm-hmm. Well, guess how old Ockenheim, Germany is? A whole lot older than 150. So we went to their 1,250th anniversary. Wow. Can you believe that? Wow. So, That's crazy. Yeah, it was crazy. But anyway, we're excited. If you have any interest in uh, coming out and meeting some of our uh, friends from Ockenheim, Germany, they will be in town that week as well. Very good. And then the celebration continue, as I said, with the NC Music Hall of Fame on October 19th. That's going to be at the Mortal Performing Arts Center and quite a few names getting inducted into yeah. the Hall of Fame. Um, I understand this is the first year that we've um, held this event, and we're very excited for it, very excited for the names. I remember, there were quite a few, but I remember Scotty McCreary and Fetching Bones were two of them. Oh. So did I, I get Scotty, you on one I of those? I know Scotty okay. McCreary, and I think I've heard of Fetching Bones. Okay. I will look all of these people up now. Becca, you have I'll be better yourself. prepared next time I'm on the show. Well, also coming up, for um, parents who may or may not know any of the bands that we have named today, <laughs> we have some free car seat checks. The next one is tomorrow from 3 to 5 p.m. at MFR Station 1, so Mortal Fire Rescue Station 1, at 457 North Main Street. So just come out, um, bring your car seats, bring your kids, and 
we can have our professionals, whether they're the fire department, police department, both will be there. Just check and make sure those seats are installed correctly. Um, if you've got them latched and you can't get them unlatched, as I know you and Mayor have, we've talked about before, that is That's a right. struggle. Yes, it is. Um, we can help you with that as well. And I'm sure there'll be plenty of fun things for the kiddos to do there. So come on out. This is a totally free event, and we have more coming up one a month through the end of the year. If you can't make the one tomorrow, which is the 16th, 3 to 5 p.m. at Mooresville Fire Rescue Station 1. Very excited of that. So another, wow. another Tuesday in the books. Another Tuesday in the books. It's been a good one. I'm glad to be back at the table sitting with you. And, and uh, Becca, it's been great having you on the air as well. And thank, thank you for you all that much. you do in your department. Please let them know how how valued and appreciated they are. They do a thank lot of you. hard work and it's not always all that fun. So yeah, we appreciate that. Absolutely. Well, thank you to our listeners. And if you want to learn more about the town of Morseville or join Me- Becca's department or any other department with the town, morsevillenc.gov slash HR. See what's open. Yeah. Love to have you come join the best town. The Call best me about of America's best. <laughs> all right, ladies. Well, thank you. It's been a great, great show. Thank you. Happy Tuesday, Happy everyone. Tuesday. Stay cool.